0: Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, Already in Progress.
1: So Romans chapter 12 then, verse number 10, has been our foundational text for this culture of honor. Romans 12 and 10, it talks about honoring each other. So let's go over there real quickly and then we'll take a peek at that and we'll get into some things here. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another in honor, preferring one another. And another translation says that we ought to be in the posture and the position to out honor each other. And so if we're going to uh, be competitive about anything in the body of Christ, we should be competitive about out out honoring each other. Glory to God. Now, when we say honor, we're saying giving people weight by seeing others as important and valuable. By seeing people as important and valuable. Turn and take a neighbor today. Say, neighbor, neighbor you, are you are important, are important, important and, valuable. and valuable. Tell your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor you, are you are important, important and, valuable. and valuable. Glory to God. That's the culture. We want to embrace at FCCI that we understand that all of us are significant, valuable and important to the kingdom of God. If you are a child of the most high God, you are important. If you are a child of the most high God, you are valuable and you're significant. You are needed for this kingdom assignment. Amen. And so when we, get, when we embrace that and understand that, then, bless God, we're able to do more for the kingdom of God. The principle of honor is accurately acknowledging who people are, which will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. God has given us all gifts. Amen. Now, this culture of honor is designed to bring about or designed to bring, yeah, bring about seven things and I'll just mention it to you real quickly as a brief review. It's a supernatural culture. Number two, it's a culture that creates life-giving and life-promoting relationships. It's a culture that empowers people. It's a culture that values freedom. It's a culture that has the goal of peace. It's a culture that releases every individual believer into his or her unique identity and destiny. And number seven, it's a culture that embraces a wealth mindset. I don't want to be rich and wealthy just for me. I want to be rich and wealthy so I can uh, cause generations to be blessed. Amen. Amen. I want generations to embrace this culture of honor. So I want to prosper and be rich and wealthy so I can set things up uh, in this church, praise God, that it will perpetuate for generations to come. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Glory to God. Now, how do we then practically establish this culture of honor because it doesn't just happen automatically. How do we do it practically? And we said, number one, we first have to look at our model, which is heaven. Okay? Look at our model, which is heaven. Listen to this. You heard me say this before. Jesus honored everyone on the face of this earth. Did you hear that? Everyone on the face of this earth, Jesus has honored. Why? Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus died not just for you. He died just not just for me. He didn't die just for church people. He died for the entire world. And so if he died for the entire world, he gave everyone on the face of the earth the same level of honor. Come on. Because he died for you. He died for me. He died for the person on the street. He died for the sinner that's not saved yet. He died for everyone. So therefore, he honored everyone the same. The same price was paid for everyone. And that was the blood of Jesus. You got that? And so if Jesus honored everyone, and we are to do the works of Jesus, should not we be honoring everyone? What what, what am I talking about? Seeing them as valuable and what? Important. Jesus saw everyone as valuable and important because he died for everybody. He shed his blood for everybody. He was beaten and bruised for everyone. Are y'all hearing this? And so we get that model uh, from, from heaven. And so then we bring that model from heaven down to, the, to, uh, to earth. And so because Jesus showed honor to everyone, we are to show honor to everyone. And we began talking about this, showing honor saint to saint in the church. How do we honor each other, saint to saint, within the church? Okay. All right. And so we uh, looked at 1 Corinthians 12, and we looked at the message translation because it gave a little bit more clarity on what we want to see. And so I want to read just a couple of, uh, couple of scriptures from the uh, message translation in your hearing. Okay. If you have it, you can follow along. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 through 18 in the message translation. It says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts ranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Glory to God. Shout with me this morning. I'm placed placed right where where God wants me. me. Because he understands the gifts and grace and talents that you have. And he'll place you exactly where you need to be so you can function properly. You got that? Now, verse 19 and 20 says, But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, listen to this, No matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Oh, I love that. Okay, so no matter how important you think you are, how significant you think you are, you got to remember it's all because of what you're connected to or who you're connected to. And we're connected to Jesus. We're connected to the body of Christ. And so because the body of Christ is important and significant, I'm important and significant. And so I don't want to be at a place where I begin to think more of myself and forget of who I'm connected to. Amen got it all right verse number 25 and 26 says the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church every part depended on every other part the parts we mention and the parts we don't the parts we see and the parts we don't if one part hurts every other part is involved in the hurt and and in the healing if one part flourishes Every other part enters into the exuberance. We're all connected. All of us connected. We're part of the body of Christ. Verse 27 and thir- uh, through 31. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. Shout, I'm the body of Christ. I'm the body of Christ. Say it again. Say, I'm, a, I'm, the body of I'm the body of Christ. One more time for Holy Spirit. I'm the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. The anointed one and his anointing. Amen. Praise God. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're part of the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ, but you're going to have to accept your part. Whatever part that is, whether it's a small part, whether it's a large part, whether it's a seen part or whether it's an unseen part, you have to accept your part of the body of Christ and understand that your part, whether small, big, uh, seen or unseen, is important. You got that? You got to understand that because that brings significance to you. If you only think people in the pulpit are significant to the body of Christ, you'll never embrace and you'll never step into your destiny that God has for you. But a lot of times you can be more effective in where you are than maybe what a person in the pulpit can be. And I don't know about you. I I don't know them by name, but I thank God for those believers. And I thank God for those people in the body of Christ that prayed for me when I was in my dumb day. I can't tell you who they are, but I know one thing. I thank God for them. And see, there are people praying all around the world. You'll never know their name. They'll never write a book. They'll never preach a lesson. They'll never be on Christian television, but they are making impact and they are causing the kingdom to be much better because of they're embracing their significance in their assignment. Are y'all hearing this? And so you got to understand, just because somebody doesn't uh, pat you on the back and your name is not in lights doesn't mean you're insignificant. No, everybody is important and valuable to this kingdom assignment. We need all of you, man. Glory to God. And so we illustrated this uh, by, you know, the football team, because on the football team, normally it's the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, normally score the touchdowns. And they're the ones we buy the jerseys of and we have, have on our fantasy football team and all those kind of things. But if they don't have some good linemen, if they don't have some people that's strong in the trenches, that's blocking for the quarterback to get them the ball, they'll never score. So even though their jersey is not the top selling jersey, even though they're not on, uh, you know, first pick on fantasy football, glory to God, they're needed and they're significant for the whole team to win. And so the same thing with you and I. You might have an in, in the trenches assignment. You might have an assignment to pray for people. You might have an assignment to believe God that, that, uh, that they'd be delivered, etc., cetera, et cetera, You might have that kind of assignment uh, in the trenches. You might be uh, in a, um, a lay evangelist where you go out in the street and minister to people and get people saved. Not, that's not a glamorous kind of position, but you need it. Yeah. Amen. And you're significant. Amen. Come on now. And so we got to understand that everyone in the body of Christ is significant. Because when the body of Christ gets a victory, we all get a victory. When Jesus is exalted, we all get exalted. When Jesus is glorified, we receive from that glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, listen to this here. We must realize that in the kingdom of God, everyone is significant. Say, I'm, I'm, significant. I'm significant. Say it again, I'm significant. I'm Now, I want to spend a few moments on this because I believe the enemy attacks significance. I believe he attacks significance because we look at the world and we have we use the world's example so much. And the world's example is it of success is different than the kingdom's example of success. The kingdom definition of success is obeying God. The world's definition of success is, you know, a high paying job, uh, you know, luxury car, luxury home, jewelry, clothes and those kind of things and position of, of, of prominence. That's the world's definition. But see, you understand in the kingdom, glory to God, there can be somebody that we don't know their name and is much higher than the biggest preacher out there. Or more significant than the biggest preacher or the, uh, you know, the megachurch preacher. You understand? But it doesn't look that way because we use the world's model and we bring it into the kingdom and say because their church is not 3000 people, they're not doing anything. No, if you obey God, you are successful. And see, I learned that lesson some years ago and it liberated me for from being in competition with other pastors and ministers. Because we've seen a lot in ministry. We've seen mega ministries. We've seen 30,000 member churches. We've seen 5 we've said in 5,000 things sanctuary words. And if you don't understand your assignment and that your assignment is significant, boy, you could come home with your lip poked out. Oh, God, why? how come you don't give me 30,000 people? How come I don't have 5,000 things, boy? Oh, <laughs> oh, God, says shut up. You, if you obey me, you are successful in my eyes. And to be quite frankly, I've seen some things that happen in 30,000 member churches, and I may not want one. Okay, just think about you. Just multiply you by a 1,000. Do you want a 1,000 of you? Come on. You may think you want the big church. But see, things come along with that. Come on, talk to me. I'll praise the Lord. So my thing is, I settled in and I say, you know what, God? I know what you call me to do. I'm just going to obey God. And you know what? I'm not and we're not lacking anything. That we need or want. Bless God. Now we're working on some desires. Yeah, I'm just we're working on some desires, but we're not lacking anything. Why? Because I'm obeying God and somebody might not know my name like they may know a 30,000 member uh, church pastor's name. But that's okay. I'm doing what God called me to do. And I am significant. And you are significant. You got it. And so I believe the enemy attacks significance because he wants people to uh, think less of themselves. Have low self-esteem, low self-confidence, low self-value, because when that happens, you don't press. You don't move forward like you're supposed to when you don't think you're that, that significant. You don't step out in some of the things that you're supposed to be stepping out in when you don't think you're significant. See so you, 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 uh, glory to God, you stay back. You, you keep yourself, uh, behind closed doors, so to speak. You keep yourself away from the group because you're in your mind. You're saying, I don't matter anyway. And so you don't come to services. You don't participate in certain things. And you say things like this. They won't miss me. No, yes, we do miss you because you are part of the body and you are significant and we need your part. And see, it's selfishness. The enemy uh, attacks significance, causes you to be selfish, and then so that you begin to think, no, you know, you're not, uh, you're not hindering anything. But you really don't know what you're hindering when you don't release your gift and you don't release your significance to the body. Maybe somebody, maybe God was just going to use you to sit next to someone on Sunday and just put their hand on their shoulder and say, "All will be well." But because you laid up in the bed with your... La- okay, now I ain't going to go there. You laid up in the bed with your thinking of insignificance, and now that person goes without being ministered to because you thought you weren't, you weren't needed that day. I don't have no upfront position. I don't have no position that people know this me for. Who cares? You just do what God called you to do. Be used in the situation and the section and the, and the place where God put you. And if God led you to this church, you're significant. I need all of you. When I teach the word, I don't teach the word just to 17. I teach the word with the intent of reaching every partner. And bringing every partner to the place where they can be utilized in the kingdom of God. Are y'all hearing this? We must realize that in the kingdom of God, everyone is significant. The enemy, listen to this, the enemy and immature others. Uh-oh, I feel my help coming on. (laughs) I think I got honey in that Cheerios today, not just Cheerios. (laughs) Yeah, the enemy and immature others, listen to this, want you to be defined by your past. Notice that the enemy very rarely brings up anything about your future. When the enemy messes with you, it's primarily about what you have done and what you have done wrong. What is he after? He's after your significance. He's after your thinking of yourself. He's after your soul in this area. And he's trying to get your soul to adopt the thinking and the belief system that you don't matter. How can I be used of God when I've done what I've done? How can Apostle Paul be used of God when he has done what he has done? It's because he understood that when he met God, it erased his past and it caused him to give a new future. Come on now. Apostle Paul killed Christians. He threw Christians in jail. How can he be used of God? It's because when God, when you meet God and when you genuinely meet God and have a relationship with him, he wipes away all that. But it's the enemy and immature others that want to keep you in your past so you don't move forward. Are y'all hearing that? How can how can God use my life when I have been doing what No, your testimony of the goodness of God that I was jacked up, messed up, toe up from the flow up, but I, got, but I received God and I received the power of God and I met Him and I gave Him my life and now look, I don't do that stuff anymore. He set me free from the bondage that I was in. He set me free from the torment I was under. He set me free from that darkness I was living in all through the grace and the power of God. That's how God can use you. Amen. All of us made past mistakes, but your past mistakes don't uh, don't kick you out of the kingdom. That's a great can. That's a great candidate that God can can raise up and you be used in this last day. He says he does. He say he he uh, picks the base things to confound the wise. God, God takes those things where people in the world think can't be used. He works with them, builds them up, and then uses them to confound the people that are so smart. Oh, come on now. Are y'all hearing this? Shout out, I'm significant, man. Shout out, I'm significant. I'm significant. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the intimate, and immature, others keep, want you to be defined by your past. Your past is your past. Your past is in your past. It should stay in your past. You should learn from your past, but keep your past in your past. You should be looking forward. Paul says, I haven't attained, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I press towards the mark because there is a better place before me than what I came from, glory to God. And Proverbs says, a dog will go back to his own vomit. I ain't trying to go back in that old mess. I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to get as far away from that as I can, bless God. Because I see a new day. I see a new season. I see a new destiny in my vision, glory to God. And that's what I'm going after. Are y'all hearing me today? Praise the Lord. Don't make me work hard now. Don't make me work hard. Praise God. Listen to this. When we allow that to happen, we become ashamed and afraid and pull away from the one, God, and the ones that can help us. Just think about it. When you embrace this insignificant attitude or this insignificant thinking, you become afraid of what other people think about you. Well, what they gonna, wonder what they're thinking the about Wonder what they've heard. What's all this working? All this is working on your mind to keep you self, self-contained and, and, and a, in a mode of self-preservation. So now what you do is you begin to pull back, and you want to move away from the one, God. And you want to pull away from the ones that can help you. We see it in the garden. When Adam and his wife fell, the Bible says God came. Now, remember that. Now, notice this. Adam and his wife had daily fellowship with Almighty God. Daily fellowship with Almighty God. But the moment they fell, God had to ask this question, Adam, where are you? And Adam's response says, God, I hid because I was afraid. But notice, God had his answer. Why was he hiding from the one who has his answer? Because he was afraid and he was ashamed of what he what had done. And that's the same thing that's happening today in the body of Christ. When, when Christians fall, they embrace this shame and insignificant attitude. And instead of pressing into the presence of God, they pull away from the presence of God. You see it all the time. You see, them, you know, you see it all the time. They were once uh, active in church and all of a sudden they don't come to church as much anymore. They, they, they come every now and then. You automatically know something's going on. Either they participated in something. It's something that they are ashamed of. And so what the enemy is doing is working with them, pulling away from the environment that can help them so it can get them all by themselves and mess with them. Are y'all hearing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to this. Shame tries to keep people trapped in their mistakes. Shame tries to keep people trapped in their mistakes by convincing them that there is nothing they can do, that they are powerless. I'm here to let you know that is not the case at all. Why? Because Jesus, or the Bible says this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. All things are what? Passed away. Passed away, all things have become what? New. So no matter what you have done in your past, the moment you got born again, the Bible says you became a new creature. A new creation. All things were passed away. All things have become what? New. Now the sad thing is, or the bad thing is, the memories don't leave. And that's what God, oh, that's what the enemy uses. The enemy uses your memories on, against you to keep you thinking about what you used to do. Because in the eyes of God, you haven't done anything wrong. Oh, y'all got to hear me today. Hello, this is Dr. Fry, and I wanna thank you for viewing today's broadcast. Today, I continue teaching in the series of lessons entitled The Culture of Honor. The Culture of Honor says that we should look at everyone as valuable and important. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians that every part of the body is necessary and important, and he used that illustration or description to compare to the body of Christ. So he was letting us know that everyone in the body of Christ is also valuable and significant. No matter what your assignment is, no matter what your position is, you are important to the kingdom of God. Sometimes we allow the world's view to come in, that if a person is not out front, if the person is not seen, their name is not in light, then they are not significant. But that's not so in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, no matter what your assignment is, no matter what your position is, whether big or small, seen or unseen, you are significant to this kingdom expansion. God has graced you, God has anointed you to help expand his kingdom on the earth, praise God. This culture of honor is uh, being taught and being uh, described and understood so that we can bring heaven to earth. It's time for us to meet God in every one of our church services. It's time for us to meet God every time we gather together as a corporate body. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you. Stay tuned. Our announcer has an offer for you to get this entire series into your faith library. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need it in your faith library to be blessed. So until next time continue to live the life of faith. Bless you.
0: It is time to embrace a new culture in the church, a culture that recognizes that everyone is valuable and important. One Corinthians 12 teaches that there are many members, but one body, and each part of the body is necessary for the body to function properly. In this exciting teaching series, Dr. Fry challenges the hearer to renew their minds as it relates to the current culture in the church. Learn that everyone has a gift from God, how to recognize the gifts in others. How to properly honor one another, and much, much more. Your life will never be the same. Don't delay. Order the four CD set for $30 or the four DVD set for $40 by calling one 342 4193 or logging on to www.fccintl.org to access our online bookstore. This is a must-have teaching series for every believer who wants to make an impact in the lives of others. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.